Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business so that you can get more customers and achieve your vision. Well, today is part two of the Meta Branding Summit from New York. And we're going to be going through a lot of stats, more tactical things, I think, than part number one, which I think is an important one for you all to understand. Meta is trying to position themselves, and rightly so, because we're seeing this in the marketplace right now, as a combination of performance and branding. And yes, this is a theme that we have talked about numerous times on this show, and we'll continue to do that because this is where it's going right now. You can certainly do well just doing conversions and having Meta be your conversion engine, have Google be your performance engine as well, your conversion engine, two of those working together at a base level. Absolutely, you can scale and grow a business to a certain level. However, what we've seen, and we're seeing this right now, and we're having some challenges to some of our customers getting their heads to get wrapped around this because they can't see it, even though they know everyone in their space is doing it is blending in awareness and consideration or top level content in addition to conversion content. And yes, I'm gonna continue to beat that drum. And today we're gonna get more into it in this brand summit because Meta's never done this before. They're now coming out and saying, this is where it's going. And if you sort of figure this out now, you're gonna be so far ahead of everyone in 2024. If you're a branding company that's looking for performance or you're a performance company looking for branding, you both need each other or you learn each other's skills. And we're actually looking at branding companies right now to assist with this and sort of take things to the next level. So that's sort of a little bit behind the scenes of what we're doing. We like to think that we are a bit on the bleeding edge here. Hopefully you are doing the same by listening to the show every single week. There's a reason why you should tune in and go on over to our YouTube channel and check out the videos there as well. So that's professionaltraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Pastor and I spar quite a bit on this one. There's a lot of banter, so I'll forget the banter time on today's show and get right into the content. We talk about a lot of stats, talk about what is tentpole content, stick around for that one, how to budget and target for consideration and awareness. This is the big question that we get. How do you actually do it? And also some of the things that are coming on down the line, which includes some pretty cool tech on the metaverse side, which is pretty badass. And the AI sandbox, which we've discussed before, some new developments there as well as the real key to success with Advantage Plus campaigns and a preview of what's going on with that whole ecosystem, which is going to be the future of Meta. So without further ado, let's get into this week's part two of the Meta Brand Summit from New York. 
You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, so we're back talking about the Brand Building Summit. I was just in New York by the way, I was in like the meatpacking Chelsea area of New York. I love that area of New York. I could live there. Where is that? The meatpacking? It's on the Hudson. It's like lower west side. Okay. Southwest, like just past Soho. And that's where the 9-11 Memorial is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's right in there. It's got this thing, the High Line, where it's like an old- Dude, the High Line blew my mind. So cool. So cool. So freaking cool. I'll even, yeah. I'll put some, put some, some- images from my walk to the meta summit i walked to it through that thing it was so cool cool. i don't know i just love the urban experience so anyway so the good location always helps really good food that helps some pretty cool people i met there as well which always helps a couple of stats here bringing it back to meta meta always performs all right we are an ai company yes we've always been an ai company well technically really sort of kind of they have they've been using artificial intelligence and data in order to feed the algorithm i told our customers like the first five minutes all about ai guarantee it they actually didn't get into it until like the sixth minute so i missed my bet by a minute or two but anyway point is is these are some kind of amazing stats and all from Meta. So take it with a grain of salt to a certain degree, but 59% of US adults watch digital video on non TV devices. Okay? Hold on, 59% of US, of US adults watch video on non TV devices. It's funny, that number feels low to me. I would have assumed it was in the 90s. Really? Okay. And most of this is videos from creators, not celebrities. Right. All right. billion monthly active users on Meta, which we said before, incredible, half the world. Probably can't penetrate much more unless we, I don't know, 
we go through a population boom, have more people occupy well, Mars. We're going the other way, sadly. So yeah, yeah, the demographics are definitely not in our favor. This is one that is a writer downer for your creative people out there who are struggling to win the battle of you versus media buyers. Seventy percent of the potential return on investment for advertising on Meta comes from the creative. Now I don't know how they measured it. Full stop, Ralph. Now I, I want to fight someone. <laughs> how on earth could that possibly be quantified? Who is the statistician who sold his or her soul signing off on that? How, dude? Come on now. Yep. 70%, baby. There it is. Oh, that's like saying 70% of nutrition comes from chewing. Like the digestive <laughs> process is 70% chewing. It's like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. There's... How could that possibly be attributed? Seventy percent of your food comes from eating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! All right, I'm sorry. So seventy percent of now, what's the phrase again? Seventy percent of the potential potential return on investment in advertising on Meta comes from the creative. I might not have written it down exact. I'm trying to read my scribbly notes. Am I remarkable here? And this is a good one. All right, this one I believe. And this is another meta study. (laughs) 70% of shoppers discover new products on meta technologies. 70% of shoppers. 70% of shoppers. 70% of meta users who are shoppers, not 70% of all shoppers. I have no idea. But what they're trying to set the frame is that we're big and we're bad and people buy stuff by watching video and by being on our platform. So you as an advertiser should spend more on meta. This is how it kind of starts. So even if the results, the stats, the data are a little bit overstated or slightly inflated, the point is, is like if anyone listening to this show thinks that meta is like irrelevant, think again. If your ads aren't working on meta, it's probably because maybe you're not listening to the show enough, but you're probably approaching it in the right way. Or like we said before, your product sucks and you shouldn't be on meta just to begin with. You shouldn't be spending any money. You should be going back and working a corporate job uh, instead of of doing- Leave running the ads to the real marketers. This comes from a guy whose first three businesses completely failed because all three products sucked, by the way. Just so you know, I'm not denigrating people who try and start businesses, but I had the good sense enough, move on, pivot, go for something that people actually wanted. We'll talk about that in some show. I'd rather not, by the way, maybe on a day where you feel more like well, we a psychiatrist all than co-host. All our yeah. failures. That would be fine. All right. So there. All right. Here's another stat. 303 million creators worldwide. Creators. Creating creator content. There's 303 million of them worldwide. It's effectively the population of our country, isn't it? What are we at, 360 or something? I thought it was like 600 something. I don't know. That's a quick Google search away. All right. You can Google that. I mean, it's still the population of a country creating. I can't. What constitutes a creator? Like if you post, are you a creator? Good point. No, no real definition there. I was taking it as a creator, somebody who is, and by the way, Meta does have a thing called the creator marketplace, which I don't think people really know about, which is a resource where you can find actual creators for your brand. So we'll leave some links really? in the show notes. Sure. Dude, yeah. That's, so there's 331 million people in the United States. Really? I thought yeah. it was more. Actually. All right. Well, stand corrected. 
Creator Marketplace. It's on Instagram. I'm sorry. Introducing I'm sorry. Creator Marketplace where brands can discover creators to collaborate with. This was launched in July of 2022. So I look at creators like the 303 million or people like that who are actively trying to produce content. It's not like you go on Instagram and do a costume video. I don't look at that. Like, I guess that makes you a creator. But I think what we're talking about is commercial creators, people who are trying to make a living or maybe as a side hustle to do creator content. So and that's the problem. Dude, the methodology is so important here. Like, how are we defining creators? True. But how, the point how is, are we defining is, ROI potential. Here's your takeaway. Fancy words there they're using, Ralph, and they're not. Here's your takeaway. And I'm going to quote Byron Sharp here. Okay. That you don't have to measure everything exactly. Yeah, which I agree with, by the way. If even if it's a hundred million, that's still a lot, and Mm. that's one third of Meta's perhaps BS number. But the point is, is that's a lot of people. Think about your feed. If you go through Instagram, it's like every seems like it's creator content, creator content, creator content, and thing is, is that it actually does, it, I mean, we see it ourselves. We have a 22-person team that just does creator content. It's all they do and source it. So it's legit. I get it. Point is, is, that's a big number. All right, here's another number for you. $26 billion in ad spend on creator content in 2022 on Meta. And it's expected to grow faster through 2025. So a lot of creators, a lot of spend. It's a trend. It's a thing. At what point does it get saturated? I don't know. Crappy creator content is ineffective creator content. So there's lots of crappy creators out there that look like just shills, salespeople, whatever it happens to be in that particular case. Maybe the product isn't really that great. You know, we've had some creator content that's been done for crappy products that just didn't sell because they had no actual differentiator in the marketplace. Those are products that maybe shouldn't be sold. You should probably have some sales actually before you start advertising, putting money behind it and hiring a creator to do stuff for you. So yeah, so there are those stats. Here is another one. So going back into setting the frame here is that there are 200 billion reels plays every single day on Meta. Reels, 200 billion plays. So this is all sort of, Building up to, if you're not doing creator content, if you're not doing this top of funnel brand, you can do it through creator content. You can do it through video. Although the case study that we're going to do here on the show shortly, our front end content wasn't video. It wasn't video that worked. It was actually, it was image ads. But anyway, the point is, is 200 billion plays on Reels. Like Reels is a thing. If you're not advertising specifically on Reels, or at least selecting that as a placement, we sometimes do individual campaigns where it's all placements and then pull out reels and then we'll do reels together. You can't separate it from reels and Facebook stories. I, f- I forget what it is. That there's buttons that you can't deselect, but you can do reels only with the counterpart in Facebook because they're basically two things, but they're basically the same. It's the same video content. So the point is, it's like that's a real deal. And it's an inventory area where there is a lot of inventory. So keep in mind, we're talking about Google pushing inventory towards display for Performance Max. Meta is saying, go over here. There's a lot of inventory. Reels are Meta's display network or the equivalent of. It's where they have the most inventory. And the interesting thing in that stat is the word play, because play means start, but it doesn't speak to elapsed time. And if you're scrolling through reels, 
I mean, I could scroll through 50. I, I, I actually really be curious. How many reels could you scroll through a second? Three or four? Five, six, seven? Like, I think an impression from, well, a video play is a three-second video view. Oh, so that was my question. Yeah. Is a real play three seconds or is a real play? Because when you hit a reel, it starts to play no matter how fast you scroll past it. Well, technically, it's a 15-second view, but a three-second view is also measured on meta. But what does that stat speak to, the 200 billion? I would say probably the three-second play is okay. my, my that, guess. That makes it way more integrous, too. Like, yeah. that's real... No pun intended. They didn't. Oh, yeah, good yeah. one. They didn't say. Light on, light on specifics here. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's up to you, the Google guy, to rip This is so Orwellian, dude. They're just up there saying, you know, slavery is freedom. Where's <laughs> peace? What's the last one? All right. Here's the best one. Here's the best one <laughs> of all. You're going to love this. My team was like, there was like a real, not another pun. There was a real time channel in Slack going, commenting on all this. And they're like, wow, this is the greatest stat ever. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I really believe it. For every dollar spent on Meta, they deliver $3.31 in return. Yeah, Google has a similar stat. There's just one to eight. And I've always screamed what? horse shit. One day. Swear to God. Yeah, I wonder if that's still published. For every dollar I, spent on Meta, it delivers a what return? $3.31. So maybe over time, I could see that, yes. But that seems a little on the high side to me. That's why the magic, you know, whenever you ask like a new prospect, it's like, hey, what's your ROAS goal? Oh, 3X. Everything, it's always 3X. Always it's 3X. Always 3X. It's always yeah. 3X. Which I get why, because it costs a good sold and SGNA and all these other sorts of things. But that's something that needs to be slightly different. Are you showing a screen here? Oh. Yeah. So if you're watching us at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, here we are on, it's economicimpact.google. So their economic impact methodology. And to quote, therefore, we conservatively estimate that for every $1 a business spends on Google ads, they receive $8 in profit through Google search ads, through Google search and ads. That's very important. I cannot begin <laughs> to tell you how, dude, we know this is a lie. I'd never lose a client. I'd never lose one. If people got true one to eight, even over time, one to eight. nobody ever. I think Meta's one to three is actually conservative. I guess if it's an average, it's not. Well, if you get it out of a 28-day attribution window and you do it infinite, possibly, the ad that you spent money on seven months ago is now actually getting you a sale on an SMS or an email somewhere. Entirely possible. But Meta stops unless you're doing offline conversions at a 28-day window. And you really can't even see inside of Ads Manager. You can't optimize for anything more than a seven-day attribution window or a seven-day optimization window. I mean, if you look at those metrics, three to one, eh, but over the long haul, yeah, I guess, which by the way, this is setting up the brand idea. They're trying to convince a skeptical performance audience of brand saying, if you play the long game, you will get $3 out of your dollar spent. Does that make sense? I get what they're getting at and it makes sense. Here's the thing is I agree with what they're saying. I like the idea of Meta is, is the brand performance network. I just hate the way they're going about it. Why is that? Well, they're lying, Ralph. They're making numbers up. No, they're not. Yes, they are. My friends at Meta would never do such a thing. <laughs> I forgot. It was Fahrenheit 451 over here. That is so not true. 
you know, they're skewing the data in their favor. That's what a good marketing company That's does. What good statisticians do. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. That's what's funny is, is this is what I didn't like about what's the guy you keep quoting? Byron uh, Sharp. So Byron Sharp said yeah. you don't need to measure everything. Right. I agree with that emphatically. Yeah. Here's my beef with it. I'm supposed to say that as the guy measuring. You're not supposed to say that as the people giving us the data. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? It's like the lunch lady saying, you don't need all nutrients. It's like, look, yeah. lady, I'm going to decide when and where I choose to skimp on my fruits and veggies. But the minute they start withholding my vegetables from me, letting me know like, yeah, you'll be fine. Scurvy's not a real thing. That's when it gets, that's when it gets a little perilous here. Right, right. So to your point, I mean, I guess you can cure scurvy. Like if you have scurvy, you eat an orange and you get better immediately. I've never had scurvy. Do, do you I know that? either, but that's what I've heard too. An orange cure scurvy. So yeah. that's why like the English sailors are called limeys because they ate limes and all this other sort of stuff. But like Is they that got micro. Yeah, that's why. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why English people are called limeys. Huh. There's another look up. That uh, actually takes all the sting check. out of that pejorative. It really does. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, because it actually makes sense. But anyway, so. I assume you stave off scurvy and stay with, stay with me on this wacky analogy. You stave off scurvy by having a lime a day as opposed to getting scurvy and then eating lots of limes and trying to cure your problem. That's true. But here's this guy, Mr. Sharp saying, you don't need all that. Don't worry about the limes before or after. It doesn't matter. I'm going for a different point here. Okay. He actually says, and I agree with him on this, is that you do not need, and this is the first time I've ever heard this phrase, by the way. This is a quotable phrase. You do not need a tentpole moment. Do you know what a t when it comes to brand? We're talking I'm about brand. I guess that a tentpole moment is like that event horizon where you say, oh, this is working. No, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what it was either. I'm like, we're looking at each other like tentpole moment. And then they explained it. It's like the big splashy ad on the Super Bowl to create brand, which oh, I don't know what. It, so it's a tentpole moment to create brand. Going back to my original point, this whole branding thing is a longer game, which you have to build in. And it's lots of, and this is in Sir Byron's words, lots of micro moments just over time that build. That's perfectly sound to me. That makes all okay. the sense in the world. I mean, that's wise counsel for sure. It's wise counsel because people want the tentpole moment. This is what yeah. they're trying to do is when you think of brand, you think of, oh, I have to spend however much on a Super Bowl ad. Like, I don't even know what a Super Bowl ad goes for these days. It used to be 8 million. It's 7 million now. Yeah, it's 7 million now for a 30-second spot. When people think about brand, they're like, oh, I got to make this huge splash, a tentpole moment. When Byron says, no, it's all about just incrementality, small wins all along the way. It's like micro interactions. It's like, oh, I see a Wendy's ad kind of halfway over here I'm in my car and I see a billboard and I don't really look at it. And then I hear like the tail end of a commercial when I'm watching sports or whatever it happens to be. And then I, oh, I see it when I'm reading the newspaper on USA Today on my iPad. He's like, all of those things, those are not tentpole moments. Brand is all about just little steps, tiny little things. And don't expect people to watch the full 30 second ad because 
according to him, and that's why his talk was really funny. He's like, most advertisers are really boring. He's like, here's the guy no, who like, wrote true. the book on this. He's like, it's not worth it. It's like when I watch football on Sundays, I record <laughs> the Patriots. I absolutely suck right now. But anyway, so I, I should probably watch the commercials, not the game, actually, when it comes to them right now because they're so horrible. But I will <laughs> – Be more scoring in the commercials. Be more scoring in the commercials, absolutely. So I'll watch and then – but I'll see like the ad. If I see a cool ad, I'll stop and I'll watch the ad. He's absolutely right. It's like a boring ad I'm not going to watch. But I'll watch all the new – anything with like Travis Kelsey in it right now. He's like the thing. Obviously, he's dating Taylor Swift. But he's funny. I think he's actually funny. And I'm a Patriots fan. And I hate the Chiefs. But point is, is I know this is all like just – you know, gobbled I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to You like, you don't yeah. even know what this is. But the point is, is so I'll watch that because it's entertaining. He said the same thing. It's like don't expect everybody to love your stuff. But if you put enough of it out there, you will start to build brand. He said, you don't even need to be a great advertiser. You just need to kind of just start doing it and getting in front of people. Obviously, video is where Meta is really aiming here and doing that. And what we have seen, and here's a little tidbit for people, is that what we've found is the ads and the campaigns and the target audiences that work well with your website conversion campaigns, just put them in a consideration or an awareness campaign with small budget, the same ads the same content, same creative, same audiences, and start doing it that way at low levels of spend. Because that way, you've dialed in your messaging to a certain degree. You're going with a different objective, maybe a traffic objective, video view objective, brand awareness objective, reach objective, whichever you choose. But then you're using what your best performing stuff is to get those tiny little micro commitments, those tiny little micro exposures, as opposed to just spending seven, eight million dollars on a Super Bowl ad to create brand because you listen to one perpetual traffic episode. Does that make sense? I'm going to repeat what I think Meta is telling us. You tell me how <laughs> you tell me how good I'm doing here, Ralph. Okay. Okay. Meta is saying. <laughs> You don't need trackable performance. You don't need to be able to measure everything. You don't need people to even really watch the whole video. And you don't need to be good at this. All you need to do is start <laughs> spending money with us and continue to spend money with us. And you will see on a long enough timeline, but longer than we can measure, results. Exactly. This is a good, this is a good summit. The fact, I mean, dude, what they're selling, if people are buying it, like good for them. I should buy stock. I know, I know. Yeah, see, this is going to get all the people that are like, of course they're saying that. Yeah. Because they're meta and they want you to spend more money. Well, that's what I thought too, until we started actually doing it and seeing the results. Well, no, dude, I believe so, it works. That's all I'm saying. I believe it works. I've seen the case studies that you've presented, and I think there's a very sound point behind brand building through meta. It's just so hard for me to trust them, man. The recommended approach. It's my own fault, Ralph. I've been abused. I know. Yeah, I'm a Google guy. I've been lied to every second of my professional career by one of the most valuable brands in the whole world. Yeah. And it, with all due respect, if I were at a party and a wallet went missing and the dude. two suspects were Sergey and Zuck, <laughs> my, dude, my money is 100%. You know what I'm saying, Ralph? Like, come on. 
So, oh, that's what makes this show fun. You just so you're so skeptical, which is fine. Yeah. You know, you should be. And I, if you're watching on YouTube, Ralph is actually looking for podcast co-host right now. He's like replacement like, for replacement Cossum. for Cossum. Google. Oh, Lauren Petrullo. Wow, look at that. Amazing. She'd be a good one. We've been cultivating her for some time. Your yeah. replacement is just you're coaching her to become your replacement. That's exactly right. God, we do need more Lauren Petrillo on the show, by the way. So, all right. So that's the frame. I can tell you're picking up what I'm laying down here. There's no question about it. You started off a little sluggish. Now you're you're a convert. Now I'm there. Okay. Now I'm so yeah. <laughs> you're there. Why, you're there. Why wouldn't I write them a blank check? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm, I'm a believer. Let's brand things. Preferably with like nine zeros. Write that check. Yeah. All right. So that's sort of the big frame. And obviously with some data here, a little bit light, uh, I would say. <laughs> a, little, a little light on the facts, but a little gosh, light they on the just facts. fly with enthusiasm. Man, does it work. So the next step, we talked a lot of AI stuff. There's this AI sandbox, which is coming, which they've been talking about for quite some time. Text variation of ad copy, background segmentation, which is like fill in the background. I have not seen this in every ad account yet. We've seen it in a couple of ad accounts. You can vary text based upon the best text that's working for your ad with AI auto-generates it, which is kind of cool completely flipping the script here from brand over to like, hey, we're an AI company because they actually are an AI company. Um, sticking to it. Image expansion, like let's say you have a square image. Image expansion now will allow you to make that into a 9 by 16, which is obviously perfect for reels because there's 300 billion real plays every single day, Cosm, depending on how you measure it. A lot of people are on reels, a lot of inventory. I know you're buying this. You're going to become a meta advertiser like today. You're just going to start. How much are they paying you, Ralph? What is just going to start spending money? <laughs> I'm just the reporter here. I'm the press. Yeah. Oh, once I was like at a conference, and I'm like, oh, we can't say that to you because you're the press. I thought that was so funny. We need press passes. We need press passes. I'm the press. Yeah. But anyway, so, <laughs> all right, this is the thing that you have to take away as a Google advertiser is so important for you. But forget all you Google advertisers. Because, well, actually, I shouldn't say this. Maybe this is just as important because of, and maybe this is the reason why you're not so happy with Google Performance Max these days, is that creative is the new targeting. Underline, underscore, full stop. What do you say? Full stop, period. What is it? Ubiquitous yeah, no, truth. I'm going to use a couple of cosms here. It's a ubiquitous truth. Ubiquitous truth. <laughs> I didn't realize I say that that often. No, I'm embarrassed. I like creative. I say at the end of the day a lot, apparently, according to my kids. So yeah, creative is the new targeting. It it totally is. It does create, it's the biggest thing that we see. Once we clean up the account, use some account hygiene. We've talked about that in a couple of shows here. We'll leave links in the show notes to that. The next biggest thing is usually is the creative because it's the creative. It's the biggest cog in the machinery now for us. It's the largest part of our staff by far. Mm. Well, it's one of the only levers we have left that's completely our own right yeah 100 when targeting goes away creative has to be the targeting so i'd agree with that entirely so background generation which is actually really cool if you're using dpa ads on facebook this background generation thing you can basically take your product and then change all the different backgrounds on it ai generated super cool like they did a demo of it text variation we just talked about that image expansion we talked about that as well AI is an assistant to human creativity, Kasim. It is not a replacement. This is, no, this they is say that quote. now. 
<laughs> say that now. Uh, so Coming for this, the company that just branded themselves an AI company. <laughs> that's right. Well, branded themselves a metaverse company. Come on. Which is, I guess, you know, powered by AI. Speaking of that, there's the Meta Ray-Ban collection, the Ray-Ban Meta collection. Have you seen that? This is their new virtual reality. It's going to replace all the clunky kind of Quest 2 technology. It'll really? have like a Hey Meta on it as opposed to Hey Siri. So that is actually kind of cool. So there's a new thing to watch out for. They looked really cool. So Ray-Bans, Hey Meta, virtual reality glasses. Kind of cool. And one of the big things that they talked about as well, and another one that we've been the recipients of many pitches from Meta on is Advantage Plus campaigns. So now they're calling A Plus because it just sounds cooler. Advantage Plus shopping is one of the ones right now that is very, very similar to Google Performance Max. Our media buyers have tried it with various levels of success. What they did say is that we're probably not putting in enough creative. The ones where we put in more creative, not 10 to 20 creative, but 50 to 70 creatives. That is also in an agency group that I was speaking with at Meta. They said that's actually the key right now with Advantage Plus Shopping, which means more power, more emphasis on creator content. Guess what? Where is most of that inventory going when you create 9 by 16 video? Duh. Going to Reels. 300 billion views every single day. Costs them a lot of inventory over there trying to sell the inventory. So, which makes sense. I get it. And we've actually, we've really seen a huge lift when we do separate stuff out and Reels campaigns together with other placement campaigns to supplement, to make sure that we're getting exposure on Reels, which I think is pretty cool. So... When you run Reels, all right, here we go. Here's another stat for you. When you run Reels, you get a 90% increase or likelihood of purchase for your product. 90%. And 97% increase in add to carts and a 4.54 ROAS increase. Increase. <laughs> increase. When you run Reels, 90% likelihood of purchase is increased, 90% increase, 97% increase in add to carts, four and a half. ROAS increase, 4.5 ROAS increase. So if I'm getting a 3X ROAS, yeah. then I'll have a 7.5X ROAS. I think this is in real terms. Yeah, so 7.54 as opposed to, what would that be? 13.5 ROAS multiplied. You're saying yeah. just adding it on just to whatever you're going to add the 4.5. Not sure there. The point is, is if you're not doing reels, you're missing out even if the stats are a little bit light on the details. Dude, 90%, that's bold. It's bold. It's a, yeah. It's a big call. Like we could test that today and it's just a, know. It's a big we call. have enough clients between the two of us. I say you just start running reels just for everybody, just to see. Just to see yeah. how many you get. Whatever. But they don't give them any statistics on how to measure it. So that was a big portion of that. There was actually there was a huge portion on bidding, which I won't get into. We've done plenty of shows on that. One of the better speakers was and somebody I would love to get on the show is this guy, Matt McKim. He's the director of Global Business Group. He's one of the data science guys at Suit. He was super oh, sharp. Oh, dude, I'd love to get him on the show. Yeah, I would love yeah. to just pepper him with methodology questions. And I'm sure I won't be invited to that one. No, you'll be there. You'll be there. So according to Meta, there's an 18% increase in conversion, 18% increase in conversions when you mix brand and conversion campaigns together. We have tested this empirically, and I would I say that's that. actually on the low end. Yeah, I believe that entirely. I think that adding brand has it's the rising tides effect. 
we call it conversion lift. Now, they're looking at this in their meta silo. If I spread it out into, and this is what this case study is going to be about, which I'm obviously I'm building up a lot here, is what we saw is that it just drove more brand name Google searches, which are lower cost per click. Anyway, as opposed to what the meta ads did from seven to 70,000 in spend, it lowered the cost of conversions on Google, like a tremendous correlation. It's really killer. This is where the two things start to merge together. They're looking at it like, all right, 18% increase in conversions when you mix brand and conversion. But what about your other platforms? They don't mention any of that. That's what we're seeing because we're multi-platform. It stands to reason. Your organic search is going to go up. Okay, That's why you need a tool like Wicked Reports, like Northbeam. For us, we use a combination of Wicked, a third party, which we're not going to talk about here because it's secret sauce, and Google Analytics 4, mix them all together. And we see this. That's actually a very cool stat. So I think probably the biggest takeaway is if you start to just do this sort of on a lower level and then increase over time, you can start to see some lift. It's not going to happen immediately. But look at all your channels, not just singular channel. You can't be as a marketer looking at one channel right now in 2023. For anybody who's listening to the show, it's like if you're just looking at one channel and that's it, no, you got to look at all of them together. It is an ecosystem. It is not siloed, okay? And we see this too, because we work with a lot of your Google customers and obviously on the Facebook side, probably more to be coming. The point is, is when we have this view of the world, which is your entire marketing mix, you can notice these differences. And this is what we're now seeing when we add in this brand and middle of funnel conversion element to it. It not only enhances the effectiveness of that platform, but the other platforms that were also running traffic and the organic stuff as well, which is all these other side benefits. So reason why we're talking about it here on today's show. Matt McKim was really, really good. Really liked him a lot. One of the things that, and we'll end the show with this, is that one of the new tools that's coming out allows you to, in essence, spend more money in certain cohorts of a audience. So it matches the return. What do I mean by that? Okay, let's say you have a lookalike audience of 3 million people and age ranges are 18 to 65 plus. Well, there's a new type of campaign that's coming out right now. We don't have it in any of our campaigns. It's called Advantage Plus Campaigns, where the Advantage Plus campaigns will allocate more spend to different cohorts of that audience to more closely match reach, impressions, and dollars spent through advertising based upon return. Now, you would think they're kind of doing this anyway through AI and through the algorithm, but this new campaign model, Laser focuses in on that. And that's why the, one of the reasons why I love to have this guy on the show, because he would talk about it a little bit more in depth. It was one of the coolest things that myself and our customers sort of looked at each other like, whoa, that's badass. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. So... A lot of stuff is certainly to be coming on down the line here. So that is the summary of the Meta Brand Summit. And I know, Cosm, now you are going to be a tried and I'm true. I'm such a believer. I'm going to send While you like... I've been talking, I bought a t-shirt and a hat. Well, I was going to send it to you, you know. Yeah. Team Zuck. Team Zuck, yeah. yeah. Big Z on the front, the hat, like a Metaverse. I'm going to send you a couple of the new Ray-Ban Meta sunglasses. Dude, you are yeah. just going to become a Meta dude after today's episode. I can, can feel 
you've been converted. You've been converted to the house of Zuck. So anyway, hopefully today's episode is helpful for you. Start thinking about all this. You don't necessarily need to switch your entire strategy overnight, increment by increment, little win by little win. You don't need to do the tent pole event. You can do just the little wins all along the way, just like our friend Byron Sharp told us coming out of the Brand Building Summit. So we will leave lots of links. Apparently, we've got lots of links from today. And make sure that you do check us out over on all of our socials. Leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me, obviously, on LinkedIn and Qasim at Qasim Aslam on every social media known to mankind. Check out our YouTube channel at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Also check out our sister podcast, The Customer Acquisition Show, which is getting quite big right now, Kasim. It's not hosted by us, probably better co-hosts, but uh, so you can check that out over at tier11.com or just search for it in any of the podcast apps, wherever you listen to podcasts, all resources and show notes will be over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome converted to meta co-host, Kasim Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. That would be, that would be fine. All right. So there, all right, here's another stat. 303 million creators worldwide, creators, creating creator content. There's 303 million of them worldwide. That's effectively the population of our country, isn't it? What are we at, 360 or something? I thought it was like 600 something. I don't know. That's a quick Google search away. All right. You can Google that. I mean, it's still the population of a country creating. What constitutes a creator? Like if you post, are you a creator? Good point. No, no real definition there. I, I was taking it as like a creator, somebody who is, and uh, Meta does have a thing called the creator marketplace, which I don't think people really know about, which is a resource where you can find uh, actual creators for your brand. So we'll leave some links really? in the show notes. Sure. Dude, yeah. That's, there's 331 million people in the United States. Uh, really? I thought yeah. it more. Actually. All right. Well. Stand corrected. Uh, creator Marketplace. It's on Instagram. I'm sorry. Introducing I'm sorry. Creator Marketplace where brands can discover creators to collaborate with. This was launched in July of 2022. Yep. Yep. So I look at creators like the 303 million or people like that who are active produce content. It's not like you go on Instagram and do a awesome video. I don't look at that. Like, I guess that makes you a creator, but I think what we're talking about is like commercial creators, like people who are trying to make a living or maybe a, as a side hustle to do creator content. So and that's the problem. Dude, the methodology is so important here. Like how are we defining creators? True. But are, the point how is, are we is defining ROI potential. You know, like here's your takeaway. Fancy words there they're using Ralph, and they're not. Here's your takeaway. And I'm going to quote Byron Sharp here. Okay, that you don't have to measure everything exactly. Yeah, which I agree with. By the way, if even if it's a hundred million, that's still a lot, and Mm. that's one third of Meta's perhaps BS number. But the point is, is like there's a lot. Like that's a lot of people. Like think about your feed. Like if you go through Instagram, it's like everything is like. It seems like it's creator content, creator content. I mean, we see it ourselves. We have a 22-person team that just does creator content. It's all they do. 
you know, and source it. So it's legit. I, I, um, that's, that's a big number. All right. Here's another number for you. $26 billion in ad spend on creator content in 2022 on meta. And it's expected to grow faster through 2025. So a lot of creators, a lot of spend. It's a trend. It's a thing. At what point does it get saturated? I don't know. You know, crappy creator content is ineffective creator content. So there's lots of crappy creators out there that look like just shills, salespeople, whatever it happens, you know, to to be in that particular case. Maybe the product isn't really that great. You know, we've had some creator content that's been done for crappy products that just didn't sell because they had no actual differentiator in the marketplace. Those are products that maybe shouldn't be sold. You should probably have some sales actually before you start advertising and putting money behind it and hiring a creator to do for you. So, um, so yeah, so there are those stats. Here is another one. So going back into setting the frame here is that there are 200 billion reels plays every single day on Meta. Reels. 200 wow. billion plays. So this is all sort of building up to, you know, if you're not doing creator content, if you're not doing this top of funnel brand, you can do it through creator content. You can do it through video. Although the case study that we're going to do here on the show shortly, our front end content wasn't video. It wasn't video that worked. It was actually, it was image ads. But anyway, the point is, is 200 billion plays on reels. Like reels is a thing. If you're not advertising specifically on reels, or at least selecting that as a placement, we sometimes do individual campaigns where it's all placements and then pull out reels and then we'll do reels together. Uh, we, you can't separate it from reels and Facebook stories. I, f- I forget what it is. That there's buttons that you can't deselect, but you can do reels only with you know the in Facebook because they're basically two things, but they're basically the same. It's the same video content. So the point is, is like that's a real deal, and it's an inventory area where. There, there is a lot of inventory. So keep in mind, we're talking about Google pushing <laughs> inventory towards display for Performance Max. Meta is saying, you know, go over here. There's a lot oh, of inventory. Point, dude. Reels are Meta's display network or the equivalent of. It's where they have the most inventory. And the interesting thing in that stat is the word play because play means start, but it doesn't speak to elapsed time. And if you're scrolling through reels, I mean, I could scroll through 50. I'd actually really be curious. How many reels could you scroll through a second? Three or four? Five, six, seven? Like, I think an impression from, uh, well, a, a video play is a three-second video view. Oh, so that was my question. Yeah. Is a real play three seconds or is a real play? Because when you hit a reel, it starts to play no matter how fast you scroll past it. It's a, well, technically, it's a 15-second view. But a three-second view is also measured on Meta. But what does that stat speak to, the 200 billion? I would say probably the three-second play is okay. my, my that, guess. That makes it way more integrous, too. Like, yeah. that's real, no pun intended. They didn't oh, – yeah, good yeah. one. Uh, they didn't say. Light, on, light on specifics here. 
course. Yeah. It's, it's up to you, the Google guy, to rip this apart. This is so Orwellian, stats. dude. They're just up there saying, you know, slavery is freedom. Where's <laughs> peace? What's the last one? All right. Here's the best one. Here's the best one <laughs> of all. You're going to love this. About my team, it was like there, there was like a real, uh, not another pun. There was a real time channel in Slack going, commenting on all this. And they're like, wow, this is the greatest stat ever. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I really believe it. For every dollar spent on Meta, okay, they deliver $3.31 in return. Yeah, Google has a similar stat. There's just one to eight. And I've always screamed well, horseshit. One day. Swear to God. Yeah, I wonder if that's still published. God. For every dollar I, spent on Meta, it delivers a what return? Uh, $3.31. So maybe over time, I could see that, yes. But that seems a little on the high side to me. That's why, like, the magic, you know, whenever you ask, like, a new prospect, it's like, hey, what, you know, what's your ROAS goal? Oh, 3X. Everything, it's always 3X. Always it's 3X. Always 3X. It's always yeah. 3X. Which I get why, because it costs a good sold and SGNA and all these other sorts of things. But like that's needs to be slightly different. Are you showing a screen here? Oh. Yeah. So if you're watching us at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, here we are on it's economicimpact.google. So their economic impact methodology. And to quote, therefore, we conservatively estimate that for every one dollar a business spends on Google ads. They receive $8 in profit through Google search ads. Through Google search and ads. That's very important. I cannot begin <laughs> to tell you how. Dude, I, we know this is a lie. I'd never lose a client. I'd never lose one. If people got true one to eight, even over time. One to eight. Nobody ever. I think Meta's one to three is actually conservative. I guess if it's an average, it's not. Well, if you get it. Yeah, if you get it out of a 28-day attribution window and you do it infinite, possibly. So like the ad that you spent money on seven months ago is now actually getting you a sale on an SMS, you know, or an email somewhere, like entirely possible. But Meta stops unless you're doing offline conversions at a 28-day window and you really can't even see inside of ads manager you can't optimize for anything more than a seven day attribution window or a seven day optimization window so i mean if you look at those metrics three to one eh, but over the long haul yeah i guess which by the way this is setting up the brand idea like they're trying to convince a skeptical performance audience of brand saying if you play the long game, you will get $3 out of your dollar spent. Does that make sense? I get what they're getting at, and it makes sense. Here's the thing is I really agree with what they're saying. I like the idea of Meta as the brand performance network. I just hate the way they're going about it. Why is that? Well, they're lying, Ralph. They're making numbers up. No, they're not. Yes, they are. My friends at Meta would never do such a thing. <laughs> I forgot. It was Fahrenheit 451 over here. That's <laughs> so not true. Uh, no, they're they're skewing the data in their favor. That's what a good marketing company That's does. What good statisticians do. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That's what's funny is, is this is what I didn't like about the guy you keep quoting, Byron uh, Sharp. 
So Byron Sharp said, yeah. you don't need to measure everything. Right. I agree with that emphatically. Yeah. Here's my beef with it. I'm supposed to say that as the guy measuring. You're not supposed to say that as the people giving us the data. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? It's like the lunch lady saying, you don't need all nutrients. It's like, look, yeah. lady, I'm going to decide when and where I choose to skimp on my fruits and veggies. But the minute they start withholding my vegetables from me, letting me know like, yeah, you'll be fine. Scurvy's not a real thing. That's when it gets a little perilous here. Right, right. So uh, to your point, uh, I mean, I guess you can cure scurvy. Like if you have scurvy, you eat an orange and you get better immediately. I've never had scurvy. Do you I know that? either, but that's what I've heard too. An orange juice <laughs> So yeah. that's why like, oh, the the English sailors are called limeys because they ate limes and all this other sort of stuff. But like Is they that got true? micro. Yeah, that's why. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why English people are called limeys. Huh. There's another look up. That uh, actually takes all the sting check. out of that pejorative. It really does. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, because it actually makes sense. But anyway, so. I assume you stave off scurvy and stay with, stay with me on this wacky analogy. You stave off scurvy by having a lime a day as opposed to getting scurvy and then eating lots of limes and trying to cure your problem. That's true. But here's this guy, Mr. Sharp saying, you don't need all that. Like, don't worry about the limes before or after. It doesn't matter. I'm going for a different point here. Okay. He actually says, and I agree with him on this, is that you do not need, and this is the first time I've ever heard this phrase, by the way. This is a quotable phrase. You do not need a tentpole moment when it comes to brand. We're talking I'm about brand. I guess that a tentpole moment is like that event horizon, right? Like where you say, oh, this is working. No, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what it was either. I'm like, we're looking at each other like tent pole moment, and then they explained it. It's like the big splashy ad on the, like the Super Bowl to create brand, which oh, I don't know what. It, so it's a it's a tent pole moment to create brand. Going back to my original point, this whole branding thing is a is a longer game which you have to sort of build in, and it's lots of and this is in Sir Byron's words. Lots of micro moments just over time that build. It's like that's perfectly sound to me. That makes all okay. the sense in the world. I mean, that's wise counsel for sure. It's wise counsel because people want the tent pole moment. This is this is the this is what yeah. they're trying to do is when you think of brand, you think of, oh, I have to spend however much on a Super Bowl ad. Like I don't even know what a Super Bowl ad goes for these days. <clears throat> Yeah, and I'm. It's. It used to be eight million. It's seven million now. Yeah, it's seven million now for a thirty-second spot. When people think about brand, they're like, "Oh, I got to make this huge splash, a tentpole moment." When Byron says, "No, it's all about just incrementality, small wins all along the way." It's like micro. He didn't say micro commitments, but it was micro interactions. It's like, oh, I see a Wendy's ad kind of halfway sort of over here, you know, in my car and I see a billboard and I don't really look at it. And then I hear like the tail end of a commercial when I'm watching sports or whatever it happens to be. And then I, oh, I see it when I'm reading the newspaper on USA Today on my iPad. He's like, all of those things, those are not tentpole moments. Brand is all about just little steps, tiny little things. And don't expect people to watch the full 30 second ad because 
according to him, and that's why his talk was really funny. He's like, most advertisers are really boring. He's like, here's the guy no, who like, wrote the book on this. He's like, it's not worth it. It's like when I watch football on Sundays, I, I record <laughs> the Patriots. Absolutely suck right now. But anyway, so I, I should probably watch the commercials, not the game, actually, when it comes to them right now because they're so horrible. But I will <laughs> – Be more scoring in the commercials. There's more scoring in the commercials, absolutely. So I'll watch and then – but I'll see like the ad. If I see a cool ad, I'll, like, I'll stop and I'll watch the ad. He's absolutely right. It's like a boring ad I'm not going to watch. But I'll watch all the new um, – you know, anything with like Travis Kelsey in it right now. He's like the thing. Obviously, he's dating Taylor Swift, but like he's funny. He's act I think he's actually funny. And I'm a Patriots fan and I hate the Chiefs. But point is, is I know this is all like just I don't know you know, that is. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just like, gonna I, like you don't yeah. even know what this is. But the point is, is so I'll watch that because it's entertaining. He said the same thing. It's like, don't expect everybody to love your stuff, but if you put enough of it out there, you will start to build brand. It's, he said, you don't even need to be a great advertiser. You just need to kind of just start doing it and getting in front of people. Obviously, video is where Meta is really aiming here and doing that. And what we have seen, and here's a little tidbit for people, is that what we've found is the ads and the campaigns and the target audiences that work well with your website conversion campaigns, just put them in a consideration or an awareness campaign with small budget, the same ads. Same, the same content, same creative, same audiences, okay, and start doing it that way at low levels of spend because that way you've dialed in your messaging to a certain degree, okay. You're going with a different objective, maybe a traffic objective, view, view objective, brand awareness objective, reach objective, whichever you choose. But then you're you your what your best performing stuff is to get those tiny little micro commitments, those tiny little micro exposures is, you know, seven, eight million dollars on a Super Bowl ad to create brand because you listen to one perpetual traffic episode. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna repeat what I think Meta's telling us. You tell me how <laughs> you tell me how good I'm doing here, Ralph. Okay. Okay. Meta's saying you don't need performance or trackable performance. You don't need to be able to measure everything. You don't need people to even really watch the whole video. And you don't need to be good at this. All you need to do is start spending money with us and continue to spend money with us. And you will see on a long enough timeline, but longer than we can measure, results. Exactly. This is a good, this is a good summit. The fact, I mean, dude, what they're selling, if people are buying it, like good for them. I should buy stock. I know. I know. Yeah, this is this is gonna get all the people that are like, of course they're saying that. Yeah. Because they're meta and they want you to spend more money. Well, that's what I thought too. Until we started actually doing it and seeing the results. Well, no, I dude, I believe so, it works. That's all I'm saying. I believe it works. You know, I've seen the case studies that you've presented and I think there's a very sound point behind brand building through meta. It's just so hard for me to trust them, man. The recommended approach. It's my own fault, Ralph. I've been abused. I know. Yeah, I'm a Google guy. I've been lied to every second of my professional career by one of the most valuable brands in the whole world. It, with all due respect, you know, if I were at a party and a wallet went missing, 
and the two suspects were Sergey and Zuck. My, <laughs> dude, my money is 100%. You know what I'm saying, Ralph? Like, come on. So, oh, that's what makes the show fun. You're just so, you're so, which is, which is fine. Yeah. You know, and you, you should be. And I, if you're watching on YouTube, Ralph is actually looking for podcast co-host right now. He's like replacement for replacement Cossum. for Cossum. Google. Oh, Lauren Petrullo. Wow, Look at that. amazing. She'd be a good one. We've been cultivating her for some time. Your yeah. replacement. You're coaching her to become your replacement. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh my god, we do need more Lauren Petrullo on the show. By the way. Uh, anyway, so all right, so that's the frame. See, I can I can tell you're picking up what I'm laying down here. There's no question about it. Like you started off a little sluggish. Now you're you're a convert. Now I'm there. Okay. Now I'm sold. <laughs> you're yeah. there. Why, you're why there. wouldn't I write them a blank check and just be like, <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm I'm a believer. Let's brand things. Preferably with like nine zeros. Write that check. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that's sort of the big frame uh, with obviously with some data, a little bit, a little bit light, uh, I would say, <laughs> a, little, a little light on the facts, but a little gosh, light they on the just facts. fly with enthusiasm. Man, does it work! Uh, the next step, we talked about uh, a lot of AI stuff. There's this AI sandbox which is coming, which they've been talking about for quite some time. Um, text variation. Uh, of ad copy, background segmentation, which is like fill in the back. Uh, I have not seen this in every ad account yet. We've seen it in a couple of ad accounts. Like you can vary text based upon the best text that's working for your ad with AI auto generates it, which is kind of cool. And so completely flipping the script here from brand over to like, hey, we're an AI company because they actually are an AI company. Uh, I'm sticking to it. Um mm. Image expansion, like let's say you have a square image, image expansion now will allow you to make that into a nine by 16, which is obviously perfect for reels because there's 300 billion real plays every single day, Cosm, depending on how you measure it. A lot of people are on reels, a lot of inventory. I, I, I know you're buying this quickly. You're going to become a meta advertiser like today. You're just going to start. How much are they paying you, Ralph? What you're just going to start spending money. <laughs> I'm just the reporter here. I'm yeah. oh, let's get the uh, during conference. And I'm like, oh, we can't say that to you because you're the press. Uh, I thought that was so funny. I'm like, we need press passes. We need press passes. Like, I'm the press. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, so <laughs> all right. This is the thing that you have to take away as a Google advertiser is so important for you. But forget all you Google advertisers. Because well, actually, I shouldn't say this. Maybe this is just as important of and maybe this is the reason why you're not so happy with Google Performance Max these days, is that creative is the new targeting. Underline, underscore, full stop. What do you say? Full stop, period. What is it? Ubiquitous yeah, no, truth. Ubiquitous. I'm going to use a couple of cosms here. It's a ubiquitous truth. Ubiquitous <laughs> truth. I didn't realize I say that that often. Now I'm embarrassed. Uh, yeah, I like creative. I say at the target. end of the day a lot, apparently, according to my kids. So, uh, yeah, creative is the new targeting. It, it totally is. It does create. It's the biggest thing that we see. Like once we clean up the account, use some, uh, account hygiene. We've talked about that in a couple of shows here. We'll leave links in the show notes to that. The next biggest thing is usually is the creative because it's the creative. It's the biggest cog in the machinery now for us. It's the largest part of our staff by far. Mm. Well, it's and one of the only levers we have left that's completely our own. Right. Yeah, 100%. When targeting goes away, creative has to be the targeting. So I'd agree with that entirely. 
So background generation, which is actually really cool. If you're using DPA ads on Facebook, this background generation thing, you can basically take your product and then change all the different backgrounds on it. AI generated, super cool. Like they did a demo of it. Um, Text variation, we just talked about that. Image expansion, we talked about that as well. Uh, AI is an assistant to human creativity. Awesome. It is not a replacement. This is no. Let's say that now. Say that now. So coming from the company, they just branded themselves an AI company. (laughs) That's right. Right. Branded themselves a metaverse company. Come on. Which is, I guess, you know, powered by AI. So yeah. um, Speaking of that, there's the Meta Ray Ban collection. The Ray Ban Meta collection. Have you seen that? This is coming. This is their new virtual reality. Like it's going to replace all the clunky kind of Quest Two technology. It'll really? have it'll have like a Hey Meta on it as opposed to Hey Siri. Whoops, I just said it. Now my phone. Siri, order nine thousand AA batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it off just in case. Just in time. <laughs> just in time. Actually, muting Siri. Oh, yeah. So that is actually kind of cool. So there's a new thing. They they looked really cool. So Ray Bans, Hey Meta, virtual reality glasses, kind of cool. And one of the big things that they talked about as well, and another one that we've been the recipients of many pitches from Meta on is uh, Advantage Plus campaigns. Or now they're calling A Plus because it just sounds cooler. Advantage Plus shopping is one of the ones right now that is very very similar to Google Performance Max. Our media buyers have tried it with various levels of success. What they did say is that we're probably not putting in enough creative. Like the ones where we put in more creative, not 10 to 20 creative, but 50 to 70 creatives. That is also in an agency group that I was speaking with at Meta. They said that's actually the key right now with Advantage Plus Shopping, which means more power, more emphasis on creator content. Guess what? Where is most of that inventory going when you create 9 by 16 video? Duh. Going to Reels. 300 billion views every single day. Costs them a lot of inventory over there trying to sell the inventory. So, which makes sense. I get it. And we've actually, we've really seen a huge lift when we do separate stuff out and put, you know, Reels campaigns together with, you know, other placement campaigns to supplement, to make sure that we're getting exposure on Reels. Which is um, so when you are doing that, you yeah, when you run reels, all right, here we go. Here's another stat for you. When you run reels, you get a 90% increase or likelihood of purchase for your product 90% and 97% increase in add to carts and a 4.54 ROAS increase. Increase. <laughs> increase when you run reels 90% likelihood of purchase is increased 90% increase 97% increase in add to carts four and a half uh, ROAS increase 4.5 ROAS increase so if I'm getting a 3x ROAS yeah then I'll have a seven and a half x ROAS well I think this is in real terms yeah so 7.54 <laughs> as opposed to uh what would that be? 13 and a half ROAS, like multiplied. You're saying yeah. just adding it on just to whatever you're going to have to add the four and a half. Not sure there. The point is, is if you're not doing reels, you're missing out. 
even if the stats are a little bit light on the details. Dude, 90%. That's a bold. It's bold. It's a, yeah. It's a big call. Like we could test that today and it's just a, know. It's a big we call. have enough clients between the two of us. I say you just, you know, you just start running reels just for everybody, just to, just to see. Just to see yeah. how many you get. Whatever. But they don't give them any, you know, any statistics on how to measure it. Uh, yeah. So that was um, a big portion of that. There was actually there was a huge portion on bidding, which I won't get into. We've done plenty of shows on that. Uh, one of the better speakers was and somebody I would love to get on the show. This guy, Matt McKim. He's the director of global business group data. Uh, he's one of the data science suit. He was super oh, sharp. Dude, I'd love to get him on the show. Yeah, I would love yeah. to just pepper him with methodology questions and i'm sure i won't be invited to that one no, uh, no you'll you'll be there you'll be there so according to meta there's an 18 percent increase in convert 18 percent increase in conversions when you mix brand and conversion campaigns together and we have tested this empirically and i would I say that's that. actually on the low end yeah i believe that entirely i think that adding brand has it's the rising tides effect. We call it conversion lift. Now, they're looking at this in their meta silo. If I spread it out into, and this is what this case study is going to be about, which I'm obviously I'm building up a lot here, is what we saw is that it just drove more brand name Google searches, which are lower cost per click. Anyway, as opposed to like what the meta ads did from seven to 70,000 in spend, it lowered the cost of conversions on Google, like tremendous correlation. It's really killer. Like this is where the two things start to merge together. They're looking at it like, all right, 18% increase in conversions when you mix brand and conversion. But what about your other platforms? They don't mention any of that. That's what we're seeing because we're multi-platform, right? It stands to reason. Your organic search is going to go up. Okay, that's why you need a tool like Wicked Reports, like Northbeam. For us, you know, we use a combination of Wicked, a third party, which we're not going to talk about here because it's a secret sauce, and Google Analytics Four. Mix them all together, and we see this. That's actually a very cool stat. So that's, well, I think probably the biggest takeaway is if you start to just do this sort of on a lower level and then increase over time you can start to some, some lift. It's not going to happen immediately, but look at all your channels, not just singular channel. You can't be as a marketer looking at one channel right now in 2023. For anybody who's listening to the show, it's like, if you're just looking at one channel and that's it, no, you got to look at all of them together. How do... It is an ecosystem. It is not siloed. Okay, and we see this too because we work with a lot of your Google customers, and obviously on the Facebook side, probably more to be coming. The point is, is like when we have this view of the world, which is your entire marketing mix, you can notice these differences, and this is what we're now seeing when we add in this brand and sort of middle of funnel conversion element to it. It not only enhances the effectiveness of that platform, but the other platforms that we're also running traffic and the organic stuff as well, which is all these other side benefits. So reason why we're talking about it here on today's show. Uh, yeah, so uh, Matt McKim was really, really good. Really liked him a lot. One of the things that, and we'll end the show with this, is that one of the new tools that's coming out allows you to 
in essence, spend more money in certain cohorts of a audience so it matches the return. What, what do I mean by that? Okay, let's say you have a lookalike audience of 3 million people and age ranges are 18 to 65 plus. Well, there's a new type of campaign that's coming out right now. We don't have it in any of our campaigns. It's called Advantage Plus Campaigns, where the Advantage Plus campaigns will allocate more spend to different segments of or different cohorts of that audience to more closely match reach, impressions, and dollars spent through advertising based upon return. Now, you would think they're kind of doing this anyway you know, through AI and through the algorithm. But this new campaign model, Laser focuses in on that. And that's one of, the, one of the reasons why I love to have this guy on the show, um, because he would talk about it a little bit more in depth. It was one of the coolest things that myself and our customers sort of looked at each other like, whoa, that's badass. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. So uh, certainly to be coming on down the line here. So yeah, so that is the summary of the Meta Brand Summit. And uh, I know, Kasim, now you are going to be a tried and true. I'm such a believer. I'm going to send While you like. I've been talking. I bought a t-shirt and a hat. Well, I was going to send it to you, you know. Yeah. Teams up. Teams up. Yeah. yeah. Big Z on the front, you know, the hat, like a metaverse. I'm going to send you the, the new Ray-Ban meta sunglasses. Like, dude, you are yeah. just going to become a meta dude after today's episode. I can, can feel you've been converted. You've been converted to the house of Zuck. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Hopefully you got a lot out of this. High level, tactical, everything sort of in between. We'll continue to update this. We'll do more shows on this as well because this is something that, like I said in the intro, this is where everything is going right now. And this is where we're seeing a lot of performance marketing head. You don't need to necessarily spend tens of thousands of dollars a day on this kind of stuff. Just maybe a couple of bucks a day maybe a hundred bucks a day, depending on where you're at and your budgets in order to start building brand and getting cold traffic to understand who you are, what you offer, how it's different, and then ultimately take them down a customer journey or a customer acquisition path that we refer to it as to ultimately becoming lifelong customers. And that is the goal of this show is to help you get more customers and enhance their lifetime value and ultimately achieve your vision as an organization, as a business, as a business owner. So make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you are listening. Follow me over on LinkedIn and Qasim at Qasim Avslam, pretty much everywhere on social media. And of course, check out all our socials for perpetual traffic, especially on YouTube, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Check that out. All resources and everything that we mentioned here in today's show will be in the show notes over at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasim Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 